and welcome to Owls About Stat. Remember us? Uh, it has been a while, but new manager at Sheffield Wednesday means we are back with a new episode to pour over Tony Pulis' statistics. First of all, you probably need a reminder who we are. There's three of us, all Wednesdayites, but we are spread across the globe. Firstly, I'm James Marriott, and I am shoring up the defence from the modest location of a very locked-down Sheffield. Our midfield maestro in the infinitely more glamorous setting of New York is James Allen. This is a bit like play your cards right. James, are you more or less locked down than Sheffield? Definitely less locked down, James. We're uh, we're in sort of like a post-lockdown rebellion, um, but also trying to lock ourselves down so our kids can go back to school. It's a very compromised sort of situation at the moment. And of course, it is Thanksgiving weekend in the States. It is. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, we're coming off the back of a four-day weekend, so I am loose, liberal, and ready to go. <laughs> Excellent. And our super striker, ready to be brought on off the bench, only to be substituted himself half an hour later, in Denmark, Peter Lerman. Uh, Peter, I trust you haven't been to any mink farms today? Uh, I haven't, no. Um, I've lost the car. Um and uh, the power's gone out in half of the house. So um, I, I guess uh, 2020 just keeps on giving, doesn't it? Wow, that's a brilliant, brilliant day. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> guys, obviously we're going to be talking football in a minute, but um, since we last spoke, well, way back when coronavirus was merely a glimmer in the eye of a bat somewhere in China. Um, it's been a pretty insane 2020. Um, all flippancy and joking firmly put aside. I trust that both of you safe, well, families all doing okay? Absolutely. Yeah, no, thanks, James. Um, everybody's safe and healthy. It's been a torrid year for so many people. So uh, I think we're, we're the lucky ones here. And and Peter, obviously, I mean, we actually saw each other like a matter of a couple of weeks before things really started going like quite intense in terms of uh, in terms of COVID. Um, and and it was all, you know, we all, all kind of thought it was a bit of a flash in the pan uh, at the start. So, yeah, everything um, all right with you? Yeah, it is. And and thankfully, we have, uh, unlike uh, you two, we actually have a, a competent government. So, um so the uh, the ill effects of of COVID have not been felt as harshly in Denmark as as in in, U- in the countries you two uh, reside in. So uh, applications for citizenhood uh, are always open in Denmark, of course, if you want to live in a in a proper country. Thanks for that. To be fair, I do think the United States are fairly close to having a competent government. It's only uh, only about a month and a half away now, isn't it? It's not not too far away. Are we uh, are we rebranding okay. ourselves as owls about politics? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's... <laughs> any, anything? Any, anyone want to talk about Boris Johnson for a few minutes or Dominic Cummings? Anyone got an opinion on him? Shall we move on? Shall we move on to the football? Um, we we've got two main topics for us to to look at really tonight. Um, Tony Pulis's managerial record and Tony Pulis's transfer record. There'll be a few kind of frilly bits as well that will. Um, that, that we'll, we'll kind of come to. Usual sort of precursor here. None of us are experts. We are just enthusiasts, blah, 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 blah. Um, firstly, uh, we've had three games now of, of the Tony Pulis um, reign at, at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, uh, not the most thrilling games of football, I think it's fair to say. James, any early um, things that, that you've picked up from, uh, from, from what the Tony Pulis era has in store for us? 
Um, I think it does exactly what it says on the tin, right? Um, I mean, you know what to expect with a Pulis side. It's going to be robust at the back and not particularly dynamic going forward, but it'll be direct. Um, and we've certainly seen in the two games so far that he's worked to try and shore up the defence. And I think, to be fair, um, particularly yesterday against Stoke, his old club, um, we saw a much, much more organised Sheffield Wednesday defence than we saw in that um, particularly error-prone uh, period before Monk was uh, was relieved. So that positive. Um, he also clearly carries that no-nonsense aura about him. Uh, we saw some of that in the second half yesterday with the substitution of Rhodes. Um, so I don't think we should be in for any surprises with Tony Pulis. I think we are going to get much of what we've seen at his previous clubs. And that's why it's so interesting to examine his record and to see how he's uh, approached management um, over the last few clubs, actually. You know, we often tend to associate him directly with Stoke, but it's really interesting to dig into his record subsequently. Peter, you weren't um, overly enamoured with the uh, appointment of, of Tony Pulis at the time. A few games in, what, what are your thoughts? Um, similar to James in many ways, but also I'm still... I'm still puzzled about uh, the sort of question we've uh, we've been asking, where Tony Pulis is the answer, um, because that that is really the one that that, that gets me uh, every time. Because it seems like Tony Pulis is doing more of what of what we have been doing, in the hope that that, that gets us somewhere. Uh, because. If there's one thing we actually were under under Gary Monk, if you look at the, both the uh, the actual numbers and the underlying numbers, it was actually quite uh, quite good at denying uh, shots for the opposition. Um, our main problem, which has been there for since Stephen Fletcher went off injured at, at Brighton in the FA Cup, has been creating chances. Um, and I don't see how a, a manager who who uh, in his managerial career so far has averaged uh, fewer than, than three shots on target a game uh, for the clubs he's been a manager of, including, by the way, Middlesbrough when they uh, when they had one of the best squads in uh, in the championship. Um, I don't see how, how he is the answer to the question, which is how do we get Sheffield Wednesday to score enough goals to win actual football games and thus win enough points to... Um, to, to not get relegated uh, first off, but also we would all hope um, to finish in a, in a, in a, in a position um, considerably higher than, than, uh, than 21st. I'm I'm absolutely sure that the statistics will say to us that we uh, are all being cautious for the wrong reasons and that actually Tony Pulis has a long record of fast-flowing, attractive, beautiful football. That's definitely going to be the case here, isn't it, Peter? Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you look at uh, if you look at his um, at, at his numbers from um, from just from his um, just from his time at, at uh, Middlesbrough, as I mentioned, they they had um, they had a really really expensive squad, uh, which um, funnily enough, Gary Monk built for them, and, and he came in um, after uh, Monk was sacked when he when he played against us, and, and Cavalier was sacked for us in, in that same game, and I think it was, was it, um, on the twenty third of uh, December in uh, twenty seventeen. Um, and if you look at, at as, I, as I said, Pulis's uh, record um, is about three goals, uh, shots on target uh, per, per per game, and he's he's averaging even at at Borough in in his first full season, he was he was averaging just over a smidgen of uh, of, of one goal a game. Um, and if you're scoring just over one goal a game, you, you really need to deny the opposition. And um, and to be honest with you, obviously at, at Borough he also didn't concede many, but if you look at the underlying numbers, um, 
his his um, his so-called expected goals against per game uh, for Borough in that eighteen nineteen season was was one point two. Um, so over a full season, you would expect the the opposition to uh, to score um, on average one point two goals again uh, uh, against Borough. Uh, and funnily enough, uh, Monk in um, in twenty uh, in, in the current season, uh, our ex- uh, expected goals against was one point two two. So obviously, uh, almost the same. So that is why I, I, um, I, I said, as I said before, uh, how is the uh, how is Pulis the answer um, to to uh, to to, um, to any question we should be asking? It might be the answer to uh, to the question uh, Tensiri is asking, uh, which might be a bit bit of uh, a panicky. Uh, oh my God, we all going to die and get relegated to League One, and then uh, out of that panic comes um, comes the hiring of, of someone who who has a long track record, and and, and as we know from. From the two, um, the, 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 uh, sorry, the, uh, the three of the four hirings he's made as manager, he's he's looked very heavily on on the CV of the manager. That is, uh, what what has the manager been doing before? Um, and obviously, Pulis has uh, about twelve hundred games as a manager, um, so so he's he's got a longer track record than any, any other manager. But but my my point is, what we we should be looking at, especially with the squad we do have, um, is someone to make us click in an attacking sense. Uh, I don't really think the issue here is is how to is how to defend, um, and uh, it's all well being able to 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 shut down defensively. Um, if you've got eight players uh, defending, um, outfield players defending, and two players attacking, you're not going to score a lot of goals. Um, and I, I, uh, the problem this season is the championship at the moment uh, is averaging two point two goals uh, a game. That is the lowest ever. Uh, for the second uh, tier of English football since 1892, so so the the effect and the benefit of having a, a very resolute defence and not conceding many is lower this season. Um, and F, you could say Tony Pulis is coming into a division where there are a lot of of uh, Tony Pulis juniors, so to speak. There are a lot of managers who who are who are good at keeping games tight and good at um, uh, good at denying the opposition uh, goals. Um, so really, what we should be looking at, in, in my opinion, was someone who would, when when you look at some of the um, some of the creative talent we have in 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 Nancy Brown, for instance, we should be looking at someone who can could put him and and Barry Bannon, two of the uh, the expert chance creators in, in the championship, putting putting them into positions where where we'd be creating chances, good chances um, for 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 the uh, for the forwards we do have. Um, but instead, we 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 seem to have gone into um, into panic mode two months into the season and and lurched from from one um, from one end of the spectrum to the other, uh, which is has becoming a, a, a depressing tr- uh, trope of the uh, Chancery era. Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's quite telling to uh, I was I think you kind of look back at a, a, a manager's win percentage is obviously one of the most kind of commonly used and well known stats and. I sort of think of Tony Pulis as being a manager who's not known for particularly attractive football, but he's known for getting wins. He gets results. His win percentage is not actually kind of as good as you'd expect it to be either. So we go back to his time at West Brom, and and I've noticed a lot of West Brom fans who've been very eager to comment on um, stuff from from Wednesday fans over the weekend about what to expect from from Tony Pulis, yeah. uh, where he had a, a just over thirty percent, sort of thirty and a half percent win um, 
record there at West Brom. You go to Crystal Palace, where he, he was only there for half a season, so difficult to kind of take that into consideration, just over 40%. Stoke, who he got promoted, came out at, at just under 37%. And then back to Plymouth, which again is just over 30%. And it's, they're all kind of knocking around sort of early to mid-30s, which is... You know, if we compare this to something like what was Carlos forty one, forty two percent, something like something like that, something yeah. like that, yeah. So it's it's like statistically, he's certainly not kind of like a manager that you would look at and say, well, you know, you know exactly what you're going to get. He's gonna he's gonna come in and win games for you because actually the stats are not really backing that up. He's not. He's he's definitely not a kind of you know a nailed on success manager, right? That you're going to pay a premium for and say, now I know I'm going to get you know two wins out of three and a, and a playoff or higher challenging side I think you do have to look at circumstances so you look at the teams that he's managed and when he's managed them um, you find that he's actually in many cases had to turn around a situation so you know, even the Middlesbrough example didn't work out particularly well for him but he didn't get a particularly long time I think he was there for what 10, 11 months and on the back of a pretty horrendous situation that Gary Monk left the dressing room in. Same thing is true for Palace. You know, it was a relegation uh, destined team that he took over, managed to turn that around and actually delivered one of their higher uh, Premier League finishes the season subsequent. So it, percentages can be deceptive because if you're looking at the you know, denominator, you're not necessarily taking account of whether those were games played consistently with a solid side or whether they were, you know, a team in decline that you had to turn around. Same thing with West Brom, you know, he kind of started to put them on the right track and it was actually a bad start to the subsequent season that then led to him being uh, terminated. So he hasn't really had consistency in a lot of his clubs, bar that run with Stoke when he took them into the Premier League, obviously took them up into Europe and uh, and to the FA Cup final as well. And I think it's those hallmarks of success that somebody like maybe Chan Siri is looking at and saying, OK, he doesn't necessarily have the highest win percentage, but he has achieved not necessarily with the most glamorous sides. And he has got teams from difficult positions into better positions. And frankly, I guess that's what Wednesday needs just now. I'm, I'm finding myself playing devil's advocate for a situation I don't fully agree with, but I'm trying to find the glimmers of hope in the uh, the situation we're in. I mean, I, I guess the situation that we're in is that there's no point looking at this with a long-term head-on at the moment because we're, we're second from bottom of the table. Um, we've we've got to start winning games. We've got to get out of it. And once that happens, then we can maybe start thinking a little bit further ahead. Because it doesn't... Uh, Tony Tony Pulis and all the, all the kind of the, the stuff that he comes with, the baggage that he comes with, what we know that he's good at doing and stuff, it doesn't feel like... There's long-termism, if that's the phrase, in it. And I know, Peter, you you were kind of very much of that opinion when he was brought in, that it was kind of like, you know, if if this is a stopgap to get us out of the, the situation that we've dug ourselves into this season, then all right, but there's got to be m- uh, something more going on in terms of the longer-term planning here. Yeah, the, the, the issue I have with it is is we, we seem to be arriving at this exact point in time every season. Uh, we've done this for the last three years running. Um, we 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 start out the season and, and pre-season and and say this is the way to go, and then then within six months the uh, the the leadership of the club panics and and uh, presses the reset button. It's a bit like a, a PC going a mock uh, and and then someone uh, desperately t- switching it off and switching it on again, uh, which is the uh, <laughs> the preferred uh, helpline um, from from IT support, isn't it? So it's 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 just indicative of uh, the leadership of the club not really knowing what buttons to push, 
Um, and in that desperation, um, Chancery is now looking to someone who, whose glory is, so to speak, uh, quite a few years uh, back in time. And, and I think the reason he was successful at Stoke um, uh, was that uh, every other team uh, in the Premier League at that time weren't playing the way Stoke were. So tactics really are uh, a way to to uh, gain as much uh, likelihood of, of winning a game out of the uh, out of the circumstances and the and the tactics he used for for, for Stoke then were, were were very effective at at, at uh, not losing games and and uh, and winning games tightly but he did so because of the uh, the shock and awe factor of of Stoke approaching games in a different way there's no there's no uh, shock and awe effect just pillars anymore he's, he's he's probably the most known quantity in all of english football bar perhaps uh, neil warnock our, our old friend from uh, from across town um so, so if if this was a way to to clear the weeds in the same way that that just uh, luukai was a way to clear the weeds um and and get the uh, the the the, the, uh, the ground fertilized and then for someone else to come in and and um and and plant a bed of roses and and see them uh, see them blossom i i could get on board with that and and the, and and this is not this is not like me me saying I don't like Tony Pulis. There's a lot to admire about him and a lot to like about him as as a person, and his his uh, he, he's as a lot of people have been commenting. He, he gets the club and and he gets the roots of the club and and he gets the roots of, of Sheffield and and um, and and he he is he is he's a working class man in, in a working class club in a working class game, and that that is something he has going for him. The problem I have with him is actually that um, you would expect someone like him to be intellectually humble. But he seems, and I think this is uh, what Tenshiri finds uh, attractive with him, he seems very single-minded and very convinced that he is right and his opinion alone is correct. And that is my main worry. Can he adapt to uh, football as it is today? Um, and he needs, he does need to adapt because uh, what we've seen so far is is him insisting, for instance, that Kieran Westwood is the best keeper at the club and insisting he should start games after he's not played for 12 months and... and um, and obviously, Kieran Westwood is now injured, but I think that is 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 an is a an indication that that um, he he values being right more than than being successful, if that makes sense. Um, and I worry whether that tendency um, to be more focused on on uh, sticking up for for yourself and 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 the way you approach things, um, that if that is the focus of your of your function as a manager and not improving the club you're at and improving the, the infrastructure of the club you're at and, and the long-term um, possibilities of, uh, sorry, opportunities of that club. Um, that, yeah, that, that's, that for me is just another, uh, another way of kicking uh, the can down the road, uh, which is what Chen Siri seems to be doing. It, it, it's an indication that we really don't, we don't have, the least we have the club don't really don't know how uh, and, 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 um, how we, how are we going to take the club forward? Um, he just he's just trying to 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 buy himself more time with with the with the decisions made, and that that is what really irks me about it. And and as I said, there are lot, lots of qualities uh, in Tony Pulis that I really liked, but would he have been better in a setting where someone else was was the coach uh, and was was responsible for for team selection and Tony Pulis then perhaps had a more of a, a sporting director, uh, culture building um, role. Um, I would think so, but yeah, I'm, I'm just. It's just a, a it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kick in the kick in the nuts for me in many ways. This because it's just us doing the same things over and over again and expecting uh, different results.
let, let's consider some positives here um, because, you know, there are some. Tony Pulis sounds very determined to make a success of it. Um, there's a, a, a lot to be said. Uh, there's a lot to be said for the sort of element of calmness and professionalism that he's brought with him that obviously comes from his experience. Um, he's never been relegated as a manager and uh, I, I'm willing to bet my mortgage that I don't have that he's not going to be looking for that stat to change. So, you know, there, he's certainly got something not necessarily to prove, but uh, a record to maintain there. Um, what what else have you kind of seen in the in the stats as you've kind of been researching his history peter well the the the, the main thing is really that he he's not as, as you were also alluding to he's not as successful as people remember and and it's precisely because of the reasons that that james were mentioning before that the context of him being successful was the expectations uh levied uh, towards him were to keep clubs up that were perhaps spiraling towards relegation and and that, that really comes back to the issue I have with the appointment of him, not with him as a, as a person, but with the appointment of him as manager. He's a manager who who um, who, who plugs the hole in in the hull uh, and stops the uh, the ship sinking. But he's not someone who who can uh, ready the sails and, and make the ship go a lot faster and, and go into uh, into new horizons. He's 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 someone who stops. Uh, stops the drift, but he he can't get us moving forward, uh, and and he's really shown that at, at the other clubs he's been at, um, and, and obviously Stoke Stoke is a special story, and if you read into it, he's he's still got, he's still very much um, in tune with Stoke, and and there's a special relationship between him and the chairman there, um, and he got a lot of years um, uh, to 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 build up what he did at at, at Stoke, uh, and, I'm, and as I'm saying, it, it's it's probably as much contextual as anything that that he did what he what he did at Stoke. The, the stuff he's done at uh, West Bromwich and and um, and at Borough, I think, is more relevant to to uh, evaluating how how he, he could be doing with us. And and in both cases, he did not take the club forward, but he stopped the club going downwards. Um, and if that re- if that is the extent of Chancery's ambitions for, for for Wednesday, I think I think we would actually we would probably have to, to change the uh, the ticketing prices for one because um, the, the promise we've been sold um, and which he keeps insisting is is promotion at all costs. Um, when when what we really should be doing is building the foundations for success, and then success will follow. Uh, we've we've been trying to to short circuit that for uh, for five years now, and then we're back in a, in a worse position than when Chancery took over. But Chancery is about 120 million pounds uh, um, worse off. So it's it, the, the, again uh, when I look at the the, the numbers of of uh, Pulis's, um uh, previous reigns, it's it's just it's, it just strikes me that he's he's really good at making um, at making things tight. Um, but do we have the players at our disposal who can make a difference in tight games, for instance? Um, and current evidence, no. Um, and obviously, if Windows was sent off, so we we I think he's banking on him to be that. But to bring in Pulis to a squad that is so not his sort of squad. Um, it's just it's just a weird one for me, um, but if if this, if it's an indication he's going to be allowed to spend a lot of money in in January, um, fair enough. But uh, if if he's a stopgap, why allow him to spend a lot of money if if you're then going to change the manager in the summer to to someone with a different style? So it's yeah, it's 
it's it's it just comes back to to that the problem is not Tony Pulis. The problem is the the decision to appoint him and what lies behind that. For me, anyway. I mean, if I can, um, I can be flippant for a second. <laughs> Here's one stat that I've noted from Tony Pulis so far that I would say he's absolutely spot on with, and he's got a hundred percent record in calling it as it is. After yesterday's game, he said, "This is a really tough gig," <laughs> and it is. I mean. Like, Let's be really honest with ourselves. You know, unfortunately, everything you've just described, Peter, the, the situation in terms of the overall ownership and way Sheffield Wednesday is operated, no matter how much we talk on podcasts, no matter how much we talk as a fan base about what we would like to be different, is in the hands of one person. Um, and that one person is making the choices for it to be the way it is. And that isn't going to change unless another person with deeper pockets comes along and changes the ownership structure. So for as long as we have the setup that we have, we actually do need someone who they click with and who they have respect for and who they can work with. And the one thing I think you can say for Tony Pulis is he's clearly been in dialogue with the club for some time. He turned down the job, as far as I'm aware, last summer when Gary Monk took it. Um, He felt that this was the time, that this is the time that is right to get back in. And he has this track record and it goes back some way to Stoke of when he does connect with an owner, when he gets a close relationship that actually can lead to very, very special things. I'm not suggesting that's exactly what's going to happen for Wednesday, but Dave Chan desperately needs a manager who can express what he's trying to achieve in ways that he cannot, who can work with the people who he's decided need to be around Wednesday for good or for bad. Um, and I think we at least have to give Pulis some time, certainly the January transfer window, to see whether or not he can be that man. He appears ready to stand up to him. He appears ready to challenge him and to say, look, I need you to be present and to be part of the running of this football club. He's certainly not the person I would have identified as a club builder. Um, but it appears he's just got a little bit more stature and seniority and robustness about his character, which actually may be important to trying to unlock the the potential of the club. Um, so again, I'm I'm trying to take up a positive position on something I'm not completely on side with, but I do think you have to look for the glimmers of hope, James. To your question earlier, I, I, yeah, um, I'm I'm with you on that, and I think some some my kind of pulish journey. Um, uh, I I guess probably mirrors a lot of Wednesday fans in terms of the fact that, you know, it didn't strike me as being an exciting avenue for us to explore when the rumour first came around. Um, And I was probably a bit grumpy about it when when he was actually um, appointed. But then actually hearing what he said and kind of thinking, actually, there's something in this, having someone that's got that kind of adult approach towards the club uh, might be a real positive and then the grim reality the fact that we've played three and we've scored one goal and we haven't won any of them um has kind of left me thinking what 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 is going on where are we going and now everything seems to kind of point towards the importance of january now there's plenty of games to play between now and then and we need to win some of them otherwise we're going to be cut off but let's put that to one side for now and concentrate on January. Now, whether Tony Pulis is going to be here for the long term or not, we do not know, but we do know that he will be in charge when the transfer window opens and how important that transfer window is going to be because we need to score more goals and the only way we're going to do that is by bringing in players who can score goals. It's simple, this football thing, isn't it, really? Like, we overcomplicate it. It's a simple solution. Um, so, yeah. here's the question then. What is his record like when it comes to transfers? Peter, you've been taking a look. 
Yeah, I've, not, uh, yeah, I've been starting to say hello anyway. It's it's a it's a hell of a long record, as you can imagine, when you when a guy has yeah. been a manager for for more than a thousand games. Uh, but he, but he seems quite attuned at at uh, identifying players who uh, have maybe fallen out of favour at other clubs, and then um, putting them in in a structure in his team where where they where he gets the, the maximum out of them. Um, a good example might actually be uh, be Charlie Adam, who he, when a, when a Stoke he bought from Liverpool for five million pounds, um, and and uh, who who in many ways. Um, uh, Changed uh, the way uh, Stoke played, uh, and and if you look through some of the some of the transfers, there, there are plenty of, of, of transfers where where you see the, the the price of the player, and and you think, well, he didn't really hit it off at that club, did he? So so it's not like Tony Pulis is is the sort of um, the sort of guy who can who can who operates on a, on a, on a, on a shoestring, and then 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 uh, gets it right every time with the, with with his uh, with his transfers, but but then. In general, you would, uh, a rule of thumb would would be that that one one out of two transfers works out, and and you you have to be prepared for 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 one out of two not to work either. Um, so if if I'm just looking at it like at a big picture style, um, as 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 Stoke were were, were establishing in in the uh, in the Premier League, he he kept adding players that befitted Stoke's style, and he 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 didn't pay uh, over the odds for them, but he did play pay handsomely. I mean. Uh, Someone like uh, Robert Hooch, he played. He paid five million for, uh, for and um, uh, Kenwan Jones, he paid uh, eight million pounds for. Uh, Peter Crouch, ten million pounds for. So, so it's not like he's not. He's prepared to spend if he if he gets the right player. But I think there's there's a theme to this whole player. He he um, he recruits. It's not like he he just um, goes for for whatever player um, is hyped at the moment or, or whatever. He he he. Um, he clearly, uh, I find it quite funny at his at his first press conference when he said he had been unfairly pigeonholed as, as a as, as a manager with a certain style. When 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 you look at the transfers, he's, he's the sort of players he recruited are exactly the uh, the, the the big hulks of uh, of uh, the purest players we, you would expect uh, them to be. So so it's 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 quite funny that he's he's uh, lamenting the fact that people think of him in in a certain way when he's he's actively recruited uh, at every club he's been at uh, to play that way. And that also comes back to the to the other point: is is he is he capable of with the squad? Given the squad he has, and he just can't he, he can't do an entire overhaul in January. You can do that in summer, maybe, uh, which we try this summer. But can you do? You can't do an entire overhaul in January, uh, especially when you have games coming uh, weekend, midweek, week, weekends. So the training time you have with the players anyway is is very limited. Um, so it it's. Again, it, it for me it comes back to uh, if if Pulis uh, was the right way to go, uh, this decision should have been made this summer. So the recruitment we made this summer was Pulis making the, the recruitment. We've been recruiting for uh, a Gary Monk side, um, and Gary Monk uh, <laughs> ended up being uh, one of those uh, self-help books you see at uh, at flea markets uh, that is that has clearly never been read uh, and 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 he he also said he was very determined and he also said he really wanted to put this right and he also had a lot riding on the on the Wednesday job career wise i mean he if, if him not succeeding on Wednesday is, is could be an end to him managing in 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 uh, in, in in the top two divisions in, in in England for a long time so the 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 the, the um the existence of Pulis really wanting to put this right uh, 
is is should be a given, and it's not like for me that's not like a defining quality for for a manager. What what I'm looking for is someone who can who can uh, actually improve the club from where it is uh, and not have to change all all of the club around to. Um, uh, to 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 get it better, and if you look at someone like Barnsley, uh, our, our dear neighbours uh, to the north, um, the sort of managers they've recruited, they, they've recruited a manager who fitted the players and the style the club wanted to play. So it's not like they lurch from one end of the spectrum to the other whenever they recruit a manager, and then you have to say, oh, we have to give him time, and then then it takes another twelve months before you can um, before you can evaluate whether he's done well well or not. And and uh, funnily enough, in in the last three three years when we've had this discussion, uh, okay, did, did how how did the manager do then when given time? Well, he didn't do very well. He was he was sacked. So it's. it's it's this. It's a sort of. Uh, it's a sort of uh, weird loop we've gone into, where, where we where we say, well, well, it's it's like going into a casino and, and just putting all the chips on 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 one number and then hoping it it comes up. And if it doesn't come up, then you go out of the casino, withdraw some more money from the cash machine, and you go in and put it put the put the all the chips on on, on another number and hope it comes right. That, that's not how you build successful businesses. Never never mind successful football clubs. Um, and to to go go back to to some something that James said about about uh, police, um, I really hope that what comes from this is a guy who identifies what is wrong with the club and convinces the chairman what is wrong with this club, because there's something wrong with it, um, and that is really, a re- that that is really the most important thing Tony Pulis could do for Wednesday. I was t- slightly unfair, Peter, when I said that he was hundred uh, percent in his diagnosing what's wrong with one comment. So he's actually nailed it with two comments because the other comment that stands out is when he came in he pretty much diagnosed what's wrong with our squad at least when he said we've only got two strikers <laughs> right and he said i don't think callum patterson is the striker that people think he is now you know callum patterson has a lot of positives about his game and i think you know we started to see some of that in games under Pulis as well but he's absolutely spot on when he says this is not a balanced squad um so his transfer abilities even if it leads to the acquisition of a post-retirement Peter Crouch or equivalent Wednesday needs somebody up there who can hold the ball up because post Stephen Fletcher we've got nobody right post Stephen Fletcher and Addy knew who if I'm completely honest so that type of single-minded thinking in the market in terms of acquisitions is going to be important the other thing that struck me actually when I looked at some of the figures that you put together is you know when we talked about Steve Bruce coming in we talked about his criticality to Wednesday as somebody who could monetize a squad you know, from an FFP point of view, that was really important at the point in time where we needed to start to generate income outside of revenue. We're in a very, very different situation now post the penalties, the EFL case, etc., and obviously with a you know, arguably cleaner slate for FFP. But we still have the same revenue problem, particularly because of the COVID situation. You know, a club heavily reliant on ticket sales that has no ticket sales. Tony Pulis doesn't sell players. If you look at his, uh, as a general trend, if you look at his general outgoings versus incomings, he spends but he doesn't appear to convert a lot of those sales, uh, those players into significant sales and income for the club that he manages at the time. Now, if you look at it over a longer period, I'm sure you start to see some of that moderate. But that's just something to bear in mind for Wednesday because, you know, we do still have some talent on the books that holds value um, and we do need to continue to balance our books. And that, that interested me when I was looking through the numbers. Um, he signed Michael Owen and Peter Crouch, but not a lot going out other than the fact that he moved on our favourite winger, Ben Marshall, both uh, into Stoke, out of Stoke, and meantime to Gary Megson Sheffield Wednesday sometime around 2010. And, and what, so I, 
I, I, I'm trying to think, what do I, how do I phrase this question? What do I mean by this question? How confident are you feeling right now that uh, it's going to be possible for, you know, Tony Pulis with, with his positives in terms of the fact that he's a manager that's been around, he knows people, he's got contacts, that he can pull together the squad that we are going to need in January to get ourselves out of the situation that we are in. It's a fairly direct question, really. Um, do you, uh, yeah, how confident do you feel about it, um, Peter? What do you think? Uh, I feel more confident about him um, putting together a squad for this season in January that can do what it needs to do this season. But I'm a lot less confident about the sort of um, squad that is left behind next summer. Um, and really, you shouldn't be you shouldn't be recruiting in January. For, for the for the next six months, you should be generally should be a transfer window where you monitor the market and see whether some of the players that you like and that fits the style of play you want to play uh, come onto the market because some clubs are, are forced to sell them or they buy a player in, in the same division same position and, and they need to move someone on and and you can get that player well below their, their market price that that is what you need uh, what you do in in the incomings in, in January. And obviously, also you need to to look at at moving players on because, in general, as a rule of thumb, um, the transfer prices in, in in January are up uh, about ten twenty percent higher than they they would be in 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 the summer because clubs are more desperate, like we are. <laughs> um, so, so so you should also be preparing to to maybe sell a player too, but you, but only of course if you have another player in the squad ready to take that player's place, and and that sort of discussion is not one we're having at all. Um, as, as James was alluding to, Dan, it's an, it's, it's an excellent point that Tony Pulis is not is not the sort of manager who who can uh, who can do a Brentford, so to speak, uh, and 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 create a revenue stream uh, which Brentford are subsidising the club with. Um, so, so my issue is if we do move uh, Hell on Earth to get in uh, five Tony Pulis players, um, let's say you can uh, let's say you can genetically. Um, uh, Recreate uh, like Dolly the Sheep, uh, uh, five Roy Delaps, and, and and move them into Wednesday squad uh, in in January. That that team would survive the the, uh, the championship this season. Uh, I'm I would be very confident about that. Would that team then, when the next season starts, be uh, more likely to challenge for playoffs or to be threatened by relegation? I think the latter. So by building for uh, the finish this season, we risk. Uh, reducing our our chances of success next season, and that is that really feeds into all the uh, the stuff I've been rambling on about about the the lack of uh, of, of a, a clear direction and, and strategy. And that is why you need a strategy because you don't you don't want to be pushed into a situation where you are desperate. And and we will once again be finding ourselves in a desperate situation as we have in the in the previous many transfer windows. So um, yeah, lack of strategy is uh, is is bemoaned by Peter James. Um, what what do you think? Straight answer. I think he'll keep us up. I think that's arguably before the season started. That's what we needed. So you know I, that I can't really argue with the choice on. Um, Peter's preaching to the choir when he says Sheffield Wednesday need a longer term plan and they need to show that they've got conviction around that plan with the way in which they hire and they build the club. That goes back to my comment that under this administration, I don't see that emerging and therefore I think we need to get with the programme that this is the way things are going to be. We're going to hire and fire. We're going to build up. We're going to break down. We're not Brentford and we're not going to be Brentford anytime soon. It's not something I'm happy about, but it is the way things are 
Um, and Tony Pulis, I think, given a few trades in January, can keep us up. What I'll tell you, James, that I'm most concerned about is the number of games we've got to play before January. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you can change a squad as you go through the month of January. You may be dependent on timing, and that could get late in the month, depending on you know how players are available. The more games we accumulate with our lack of creativity and our lack of goal scoring, the less points we can accumulate. Um, and so that, I think, is the biggest threat. And actually why, in my mind, Pulis's biggest challenge right now is what he can do on the training ground in the next month. Um, you know, there's a lot resting on his new coaching staff in terms of trying to find some productivity from this misfiring squad. And, and the problem with the uh, with with, with the, uh, the coaching is you're playing games every four days uh, from now until the end. Of, uh, I think there are, I think it's 13 games we have from now until the end of January uh, in two months. It's absolutely insane, and you can see every team is completely fatigued. Uh, we're not even mm. more than a couple of months into the season, so. Uh, the trade of Pulis of, of, uh, of wanting to find the, the right side, the, the old-fashioned way of, of approaching football, you get the right side and then you just stick with that 11, starting 11. That sort of thing won't work this season because you, you're going to find yourself having to change the squad anyway due to injuries, which we've already already seen. So, so the, 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 the main problem is the time on the training ground, which Pulis will need to change the way we play. He doesn't have that because... If you play a game on, on Saturday, Sunday is recovery. Monday will also be recovery for uh, a big part of it. And you can see from some of the training ground videos we've we've seen, what, what they're doing isn't uh, isn't detailed tactical work uh, or, or even uh, 11 v 11, which is the Tony Pulis's favorite uh, training uh, ground exercise. It's just recovery stuff. It's just getting uh, getting players out and, and getting them loose and and. Uh, in that sort of setting, you, you can't really revolutionise the club. The, the time to do that was in was in the summer, in the preseason, uh, and and Gary Monk tried that and uh, and and um, obviously uh, failed um, as the uh, as, as the difference between what he was saying and, and what we, we were seeing uh, got bigger and bigger. My fear is we could see the same with Pulis. He he could move into a, a very oppositional role because as he as you as you said, he, he calls it as he sees it. So if we keep playing. Uh, S-H-I-T, uh, he will be moved to saying that we're playing that way. Um, and does that build confidence in the group that he, he just calling us out for not playing well? Um, at some point, he, he can't, he, he has to move on from, from praising our work ethic uh, if every game is, is uh, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Um, and and it's, a, it's a fine balance uh, for him to, 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 to operate. And, and I'm not really sure, even with this experience, that he has been in a situation as, as, as bad as, as, uh, as the one we're in. Because in the Premier League, when we took over clubs, uh, Crystal Palace was Bromwich, Premier League clubs have plenty of resources in the transfer market. So you could change the clubs around in the transfer market. At, at Borough, uh, yes, uh, as he's been at pains to point out, he had to move players out of the club. But those were very saleable players. He raised a lot of revenue, so he could also bring in players. Again, he could finance a changeover of the squad. That is not an option on Wednesday. We have a squad of players now, and we 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 put we, we made our bet in the summer on, on the sort of squad we wanted to have. And that is the squad we have. So what you should ideally be doing is getting someone in who can get the best out of that squad. And I'm not sure Tony Pudders can. I think he can get um, security, championship safety out of that squad. But can he get us into being more than that? And out of that squad, I don't think he can, and I'm not sure he can build a squad uh, given the resources available to him and and uh, and and the sort of and the lack of, of saleable assets in, in the squad outside of uh, of Dominic Iorfa. So he can't even finance um, 
getting those sort of players in. So that, that is my, my main worry about, about this. Well, I'm I'm going to call end to proceedings at this point. Um, I'm hoping anyone that's listening is feeling incredibly inspired and hopeful for the uh, for the months and and years. This ahead. is where you. Um, uh, this is where you advertise the, uh, the, uh, the the mental health helpline, isn't it? As always. Uh, as always. It feels like that, doesn't it? Um, I, no doubt we'll be back in um, 12 months' time when we've got a, a new Tony Fuelist <laughs> to be talking about. But uh, uh, in the meantime, Peter, how do people connect with uh, with you if they want to? Uh, I'm at, on, at Twitter on uh, at P-L-O-E-H-M-A-N-N. And always, uh, if you've got any questions, uh, especially stat-related or, or numbers-related on, on Wednesday or anything else, just um, yeah, just DM me or, or send me a tweet. I'll, I'll try and look into it. And James? You can find me uh, at Manhattan Al on Twitter or uh, probably every couple of weeks on the uh, Owls Americas podcast. Um, yeah, desperately clutching at straws, trying to be positive, James, because, <laughs> heck, we've been at this for several years now and it's really getting hard. But, you know, maybe this is the the year when everything surprises us and things start to turn around, right? Good stuff. Uh, you can catch me at James Marriott, and um, we, I, I, yeah, I'm going to say that we'll be back with another episode soon, and I'm sure we will. Um, we've obviously got a big transfer window coming up, so there'll be plenty for us to pour over there. Uh, in the meantime, have a fantastic Christmas, um, stay safe, and uh, all the best for 2021. <laughs>